All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Terry Lynn here with Travis Marziani, and today we're going to talk about six creative ways to build links for your store. So I guess most of the conventional advice is, you know, send your products to bloggers or, you know, talk to journalists. But today we're going to explore some different methods that don't fall within that realm and that are hopefully a bit easier to kind of approach and do also too. So Travis, what's going on? A few different things. So I've been working, I think in the last episode I was talking about this, but I've been working on my catalog. And this catalog I've been, has been in the making for probably about a year. And the problem is I kind of bloated it up and basically all our different products are going to be in here. I'm getting close to finishing it. I'm hoping by the time the next episode comes out, I'll at least have it ready uh, to be in print. So that's one thing. The other big thing is I'm working on FBA, um, Amazon. I'm going to start pumping up my selling on Amazon. So those are like the two main big things that I've been working on in these last few weeks since we last talked. So when you say catalog, it's like a print catalog or just only digital or both? Or? It, yeah, it's a print catalog. And this is one of those things, I, I think it was probably about a year ago, I interviewed a bunch of different dance studio owners, which that was the first time I did it. You know, I've owned this site for three years and the first time I did it was last year. Like actually talking to dance studio owners and saying, hey, what do you think about my website? What do you think about this? And I consistently got, well, you know, uh, we don't usually go to websites to buy. We order from catalogs. And that was kind of a mind-blowing ex like experience for me. And, and the idea of, oh, wait a minute. Not everybody buys everything online? Oh, I forgot. My demographics, 40, 50-year-old women. I got to do things the old school way. So, yeah, yeah. I haven't used a catalog in forever. But the thing about it, like my mom still goes to like markets and gets these like ad catalogs or like discount catalogs like a supermarket has like a five page she's like flip through it i'm like oh it's like a generational gap type of thing and i think it also makes sense at dance studios just to kind of have them around because you know it's like oh well your daughter's dancing you're just flipping through this thing so my idea still is and i'm still working on the practical implementation of this uh but is on one side to have the catalog and then like if you flip it around it'd be like a diy guide so some reading material but I might end up having to cut out a lot of the DIY guy just so I can get it done. I keep kind of bloating this process, and I just I just want to get it finished if up. You think about if you're at a studio, it's easier to show someone something that looks interesting than on a website where they need to go to your computer or on your phone. To say, hey, just look at this, right? And then it's kind of quicker in some ways. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah. The other thing that I wanted to tease a little bit about is I'm looking at actually having an in-person, a live event uh, the first weekend of October, so it'd be like October 1st and 2nd. It'd basically be like a two-day mastermind boot camp, getting ready for Q4. Obviously, everybody knows in e-commerce, that's where a lot of the sales happen. So I'm not going to talk too much information about that. But if you're interested in that, definitely send me an email. But hopefully, the next episode or two, I'll have some more information about that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I guess for me, um, so today is the 12th we're recording. And no, the 17th, actually. And so the Kickstarter is going live in 11 days. And one thing I did this past week was I changed my goal to uh, 1,000 from 2,500. So I think I said in the last episode, like my thing last year was way too high. And now I'm just going to set it like super low so that I can hit it right away and hopefully be funded in like the first week. And so uh, by launch date in like two weeks, email list should have 650 people. Uh, Instagram has like 15,000, Pinterest has like 5,000. So I've scheduled a bunch of stuff to go out on uh, the day it launches, the day before, three days before, and seven days before. So all those emails, like they're all scheduled. So 
uh, I'm still a little nervous, I guess, because you never know if you're gonna hit a thousand. I mean, it's a thousand is kind of like a really low number, but you know, you ne- you never know that. Oh, if only like two hundred bucks shows up, you're like, oh shit. So I don't know. We'll see. I was gonna say, I think you're gonna. I think you'll be fine. I'm almost wondering if now, like, if there's a point where you set it too low, and it's almost like, oh man, I wish I would have set it a little bit higher so that people had to. Like they felt the pressure to actually do it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was reading about some some of it's like the potato salad guy. I mean, his was like a troll project, right? Clearly, I think he said it for like ten dollars. Uh, but but I guess there is. The, I mean, it's like one thing is like how practical it is to have a logo. Like if you're making suitcases and you're asking for like a, do- a thousand, like it doesn't make any sense, right? Whereas like you know if you're doing like blankets, it's you can kind of go buy your own fabric and just hack it together for a thousand bucks. It's I guess it's kind of reasonable. So- at a thousand dollars, is that going to be enough to support what you needed to get done? I or? mean, it'll be enough to get it off the ground, but probably just as a one-time thing to really kind of do it as a long-term. Probably like ten k is the internal goal I have. So, I mean, if it if it hits one, all right, great. But then if it hits like you know seven or eight or ten, hey, even better, essentially. So, you know, and if it only hits like two, then I'll just do it as a one-time thing, and then that's it, right? So, I guess it's like limited downside is what I'm trying to avoid. Right. Okay. So let's get into this episode. We have six ways to talk about link building. And we talked about this a little bit earlier before we got on. It was basically ways where you don't have to send, you know, bloggers a bunch of emails, wait for them to come back, do a bunch of outreach just to get featured. So this is kind of some ways we found online that might be a little bit more effective and kind of more ninja that maybe you haven't heard of. So first one, uh, link reclamation. So a lot of times in WordPress or Shopify or whatever, you only get pinged when someone links back to you. Right. So if someone says, hey, you know, check out this site, BDanceWare. Dot com, but they don't link to you, like you won't know that you got linked unless you have a either a BuzzSumo setup, I mean, BuzzSumo alert setup or a Google alert. So then, uh, the basically the whole thing of this is you know, you just go search for people that mention your brand, and if they don't link to you, you email them asking them for a link essentially. And it's very simple. So, how does this work in the sense of like if I search for B Dance or my brand, uh, I'm gonna see a lot of my website, like, so how does it? I guess, yeah, how does it work like nuts and bolts? Uh, I think you just go to Google, like you just keep searching your branding, but you go to like page two, three, or four sometimes where it's not your own branded search. Um, and then you kind of go from there too. You can also kind of like go on social, I think too. I think Twitter has like a search function. If they mention you there, like on a post or something like that. Uh, you okay. Can... Uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm interested with the Google alerts because like I'm, I'm looking at my page right now and it's a lot of, just like random kind of spam stuff. Like there's not that many, let's see, yeah, not that many stuff. Yeah, and I think it tends to work for older brands. Like if you're just a new store or something like that, like it's probably not as big too. Like if no one's like, if you're like not a big player where people are writing about you, I feel like, you know, maybe you have to do research harder, but um, you know, you should always have a Google alert set up just in case something like this comes in too. And it's like super easy. All right. I'll, I'll try that out. That's that, that's really interesting to me. I'm wondering too, like with the Google alerts, if I could do it for my competitors. And so if I see like, oh, this blog mentioned one of my competitors that, yeah, so I could email them. Yeah. I guess like if they mention your competitor on like a resource-ish niche type of page and you'd be like, hey, by the way, we also do this and, you know, we have 200 colors, blah, 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 blah. And then. You know, can you also link to us? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I mean, relatively, if you think about it, for like, I mean, you may not get big returns right away, but you know, like the effort to output ratio where like, you know, sending bloggers a bunch of emails is just like super easy. Yeah, no, I mean, SEO is one of those things, like the more I've been doing some research, I feel like it's gotten such a bad name the last few years, but I haven't done anything SEO-wise in 
the last year or two, and I'm wondering if I should spend a few months and just really like nail down my SEO. Yeah. Second one, uh, testimony. This one's pretty uh, straightforward too. So I saw this using the email tool Klaviyo. Uh, if you go on the website, I think one of their testimonials on the front page is Fred from Tortuga Backpacks. Uh, I think he says, you know, uh, other email software is for sending newsletters. If you want to make money, use Klaviyo or something like that. And I remember it was like a big banner. And so I was like, wow, like, wow, I wonder how he got this. And so you know, it's cool that he uses the tool and I use it a little bit now too. But I think every service provider wants reviews from people or testimonials, how they use their tool and got an ROI of XYZ, right? And so, you know, if you use a bunch of tools, you can just ask them, hey, you know, can I leave you a testimonial? And you send them a picture, you know, with your little avatar and then they link back to your site. So with the Clavio, I've seen that before as well. Uh, does he have a link from that or does it just say the name of the brand? No, he doesn't have a link. But he's on the front page of the banner for the website, though. So, I mean, you know, I guess, like, if they have a testimonial page, it's probably better. But, you know, not every tool kind of has a marketing department that's maybe that savvy, too. So, mm, okay. Third one, uh, scholarship EDU. I guess this is a little bit outdated, I guess. But I was reading about this uh, last couple of months, and I guess people are still doing it. And so, basically, the gist is that uh, edu.gov links type of those are kind of more authoritative and so the way a lot of people have been doing this is like you know putting up a scholarship page on their site you know whatever 500 bucks you know how to apply send an essay and a video or whatever and then you go to all these schools and be like hey uh, i have a scholarship for your students you know if they want to apply can you link to this on your resources page and basically do an outreach like that too so i guess there's some seo guys that have said it's been less effective just because everyone's been doing it but um you know, I still see it being mentioned here and there too. Yeah, that reminds that's like there's so many different things that I really want to do. That was one of them. And especially because I think it might be effective because of the dance. So I can say like, oh, we only give scholarships to dance uh, students or whatever. But yeah, that's, I got to remember. I'm going to write that down yeah. on my I, list. I think the best practice is like if it actually makes sense with your niche too. Like if you do dance clothing, you just go to dance schools and do that instead of like, everything under the moon because it's kind of like from like a context perspective it's obviously best to have it with the school where you know they could actually buy your product too and it actually makes more sense to build a relationship with them in the long term also too instead of just kind of blast spamming all these links too so that's one of those things that i'd love to test and like i don't know if there's out if anyone out there that knows of anything but like a split test on just doing those edu links like how much does it actually help you know Alrighty, uh next one is uh let's talk about broken links so this one i read about probably a year or so ago and people are still doing it. so basically you're looking for four or four links on a resource page so examples like so build my online store i have a resource page that links to all these tools right so basically if one of them ever went out of business and i didn't know that it would link to a 404 link and so someone could be like hey you know, this link is outdated, you know, webmaster, dear webmaster, you know, you're linking to an outdated page. Uh, people might be having some friction when they go to that site. So, you know, I have a updated resources here. Do you want to link to me? And basically, it's kind of a more white hat way to do it. And so the way some people have been doing it is using Chrome, uh, check my links plugin, that kind of you go to a page and it scans it for you. So you don't have to like manually click each link, which would actually really suck. And uh, so something I know me and uh, we talked about offline, but I have a a competitor that went out of business, River's Edge Dance, where I probably shouldn't say their name, whatever, it doesn't really matter. What I'm thinking about doing is looking up every website that's ever linked to them. And we sell very similar stuff. We both are, you know, 
in the same niche, all that kind of stuff. So it's, I might just see everyone that search or everyone that's linked to their website and say, Hey, um, you know, they went out of business. The funny thing is their website's still up. It just says we're out of business now. So I'm like, they went, so there's no 404 error, but it's, uh, I might just email and say, Hey, they went out of business. You know, if you're looking for dance clothing in a lot of different colors, handmade, like we do the same thing. You should link to us instead. And I'm thinking a lot of the people would probably just be like, yeah, okay. Easy enough. So I guess that would mm. kind of be what the next one is called. That's similar. It's called they call it the moving man method. You know, all these all these names kind of sound cheesy. Uh, so so I guess broken link. You're looking for 404 links essentially, and so moving man. What I read about it was that you're basically using old or sloppy redirects. So someone moves from like I think the example they use was like uh, Moz SEO Moz became Moz. Right, so a lot of people are still linking to Moz, whereas like they have the redirect set up, uh, but some of them, you know, may may just be a little bit outdated, and you can be like, hey, by the way, here's the new URL, and I also have a resource that's similar to this too. Do you want to post it there? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I that's all this stuff. I'm telling you, like as I'm reading this, it makes me want to just go do some link building. Yeah, because like if you go to like Rivers Edge Dance for the like, hey, what do their sites say? We are no longer a business. So we're closed, right? And then you could just email to that link to them. Hey, by the way, they're closed. You know, even their site's still up there. But yeah. did you put them out of business, or <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, that'd be kind of badass if we did. But I think what just happened is I actually I wanted I tried to contact them. I wanted to know why do you guys go out of business? Like, is there something I should be avoiding? But they've been around for like twenty years, and I think it's just I don't I have no idea. Alrighty, last one, uh, easy. Twitter search. So you go to Twitter and you search uh, your niche uh, and guest post. So surprisingly, uh, there are people that on Twitter, every time a new article comes out, like it's from some blogger, they put it on Twitter, right? And sometimes if it's a guest post, they'll do guest post by Travis Marziani, you know, five ways to, you know, DIY your high waist dance shorts. And then you could search those keywords and like find places to post essentially so instead of like emailing all these people for like you know can i guess post on your blog here's my ideas like you just search for people who are already posting stuff from other people and then just do the outreach to them too it sounds like another good idea i mean all of these ones are relatively new to me i mean it makes sense all very intuitive and so i guess uh, thanks for joining us and we'll catch you guys in two weeks and i think two weeks my campaign will be live by then so i guess we'll see how that goes when we record that episode that'll be exciting all right catch you guys later